everybody, this is Tova from Operation Tube Top, and who am I sitting with today? <laughs> who wants to go first? <laughs> Me! <laughs> Hi, I'm Rebecca Greenstein. I originally uh, moved to Vienna from New York City, and I lived there for like 14, 15 years. Mm-hmm. But before that, I was born and raised in Texas. Texas. And, and I'm Shanna Vanderhart. I was born and raised in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and then came to Vienna, oh, 18 years ago via New York and Milan. Great. And so for people who have listened to the podcast before, Shanda has been on before, yes. so not her first time. <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about a very, very sexy topic, burlesque. <laughs> so um, tell me a little bit what about what burlesque is so that people kind of understand what is burlesque. I know that could take like, a whole book. Oh my but, God. Well, and it's a, it's a dangerous subject. In the fact that with there's so many different ideas and uh, explanations of burlesque. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, what when I do burlesque, when I think burlesque, I think old school Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I think vintage. You know, you think Mae West and uh, Jean Harlow and Marilyn Monroe. These these curvy sex bombs. Sex bombs. They didn't necessarily do burlesque. Mm-hmm. However, um, the original Gypsy Rose Lee. Mm-hmm. Of course, if people are musical buffs and know the musical Gypsy, and it's the story of how she got into burlesque. And it really is the original burlesque. There was, um, I should say, the original burlesque that we know now as the striptease art form mm-hmm. comes from the vaudeville circle. Okay. Um, the circuit of where there were all these theaters in the United States, mm-hmm. and it, the most famous one was the Orpheum Circuit. Yes. And it was mostly musical and variety that would go from these theaters to theaters, singers, dancers, and interesting acts. Um, and then there would be sometimes burlesque that would travel. More than likely, though, they would stay in their own theaters in certain cities, and if you were performing at a burlesque theater, you were at the very bottom Okay. Of the or- Orpheum Circuit, and in the it was sad because unfortunately they would say you know burlesque is where um, careers would go to die. Oh yes, but but um, that is only because that was more like at the very end of like in the 1950s and 60s when musical theater was already dying. Yes, mm-hmm. and movies were kind of and movies big. exactly. It's like you know video killed the radio star. It's the same. It's uh, movies killed the theater life, <laughs> or at least for them, mm-hmm. but it did start out for me, and, and this is the type of burlesque I try to um, recreate, because I'm so in love with it, uh, Ziegfeld Follies, yes, the Ziegfeld Follies, and you would see, you can still see old beautiful movie clips, um, of like this huge spectacle of beautiful girls in fabulous gowns. And they would either be scantily clad or fully dressed in, and some of the greatest variety performers like Fanny Bryce mm-hmm. and, um, gosh, I, the, 
movie stars came out of them. Yeah. And if you made it to the Ziegfeld Follies in New York, then you had your chance at Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it was kind of, yeah, so that was kind of the place where people would get their start. Correct. And, and it was nowadays very American hot. Idol. And, oh, my God. <laughs> well, it was, it's where starlets would get their starts okay. a lot of times, and some comedians. And if we can dig back just a little bit, originally there's a couple things that I think are really interesting about the origins of burlesque. And one is that they were often run, um, especially the very first ones who kind of came over from, from England and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, were often run by women. Oh, so okay. there was women running the show, not um, a man saying, hey, go do this, which, you know, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. And there is burlesque itself. The name comes from the idea of parody. Satire. And satire. Oh, so okay. a burlesque initially wasn't necessarily um, the strip. It was making fun of a very well-known troll or theater theater piece mm-hmm. or politic politician mm-hmm. or whatever. So there's and there's still a sort of tongue in cheek aspect to, to burlesque, which is a really fun part of it. Yes, yeah, sassy. Yeah, yeah, sassy, very self aware and confident, and uh, and poking a little bit of fun. Yeah, because a burlesque originally mm-hmm. a, bur- a burlesque in a vaudeville, it, you can even go back to Mozart's days, and mm-hmm. I think Zabafloute was almost considered a vaudeville. Yeah, but not a burlesque. But not a burlesque. No, no, no. But it was a vaudeville. Okay. And then in the British Times, when they were doing vaudevilles and they would have burlesque, burlesque was nothing to do with striptease. Okay. Absolutely nothing. It was actually had everything to do with political satire. Mm -hmm. And then, like, this politician was a sexual lech. And they'd bring some sexy girl and make uh, body jokes about it. Okay. So it was popularized. So weird that a politician would be, you know, girl obsessed. I know, we're shocked. So weird. I know, it's crazy, right? <laughs> I'm really, I'm really, I'm really so much. A hundred years later, we're doing really well. I know, right? Mm-hmm. Thank God. Yeah. So, yes, and so that's the, it's, that's the original root and the word of burlesque is Interesting. satire. I had no idea. And then they noticed that the more they had these women on stage, the more people would turn up. <laughs> and then it, it, it changed. Yeah. And the actual original striptease, like Florence uh, Ziegfeld's girls did not striptease on this stage. Mm-hmm. It was not, Burlesque was not striptease with, with them. Okay. It was the Minsky brothers and the, oh. the Minsky Theater um, in New York City, which was trying to offer like a more affordable version of the Follies uh, down on the Lower East Side. Oh, okay. And, um... They were offering, but it was like they couldn't afford or do the costumes and the spectacle lights. So it was like small theater. It's very New York. Um, and they would have these girls, and they would be scantily clad and stuff, but they wouldn't do – striptease didn't happen to one girl. And, oh, I need to find the name of the They girl. were always kind of flirting with it. Yes. There's always this thing about censorship. But it was illegal. So, yeah. You could not take exactly. your class off on stage. Oh, okay. So initially illegal. these girls would come over, and, and it was – um, even before the Ziegfeld time, they come over and the, the draw was that there were these dancers who, who showed a lot of their leg. Oh. And so this was like, ooh. And then it kind of, with the t- changing laws and changing norms, became showing a little bit more and showing a little bit more. And sometimes they would get tossed out. And that, of course, only served for excellent publicity yeah. the next time. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, but the first recorded striptease, at mm. least this is what I've been told and what I read when I was doing the history of Minsky, is that... There was a girl, and you had to legally go off into the wings, in, like, to take a piece off or to change, oh, okay. do a costume change, because it was legal to strip on stage. But this girl was so nervous and so anxious about getting her costume. Like, before she even walked off stage, she started undoing her costume oh, to okay. remove it. And the audience went wild, and she kind of just stayed there at the side and kind of like... <laughs> 
<laughs> did it and yeah. like they were like freaking out mm-hmm. and she took off basically her costume on stage which was and and Minsky ordered her to make sure that mistake happens over and every time. Huh. And then they would change laws to, to suit things like that. The yep. law became you couldn't take a costume off and leave it on the stage. Oh. And so, or and then that's why the tradition of the kitten happened in burlesque. The kitten is like a junior member of a burlesque troupe who um, isn't isn't training and might do little bits mm-hmm. but doesn't do a full act themselves and they pick up the piece of clothing. So if you go to a burlesque show, there's always somebody who runs out. Okay. And picks up and the picks discarded up discarded garments or sets props. Oh, yeah. Okay. And they're called the kitten. And they're called the they're kitten. The kitten. Oh. And they initially had to um, grab things that were falling so they didn't hit the. Or they're there standing <laughs> and waiting to take the costume because old school burlesquers would never. Put their clothes on the floor. Right. I can imagine because they are handmade and, and beautiful. So they done. want they would either hand it off to someone either on stage or on this side or have something they can lay it over. But they are appalled. Like there's some wonderful the the the, the Hall of Fame of Burlesque in Vegas. They they're appalled by girls dropping their costumes on the stage. <laughs> they're like we would never drop leave our beautiful dresses on the floor. Yeah. Ladies, it's like ladies, please. I love it. Yeah. So. I mean, I unfortunately have, you know, I, I hope they don't kill me, but we definitely let our, our clothes hit the floor. So. Oh, but that, I mean, that's, that's a, that's it's very modern line. burlesque. Yeah. We let our clothes hit the floor. Nice, thank you. Clothes hit the floor. I can be your, um, your puppy and not your kitten. Um, <laughs> so there's a reason why we're talking about burlesque uh, is also because you guys are part of the hot box girls. So okay. can you tell me a little bit about the hot box girls? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's really funny because I'm such a musical theater person, mm-hmm. and for, the name came from Guys and Dolls. Oh, okay. And the girls um, that perform in the musical, they perform at the Hot Box, and so they're the girls that perform oh, at the Hot Box oh, I like that. in Guys and Dolls, and so they were the Hot Box girls, and they were Adelaide's girls who they do, I love you, but you love it, you know, they were super cute, and take back your mink, and stuff like that. So that's where the name came from. And this, of course, I am so naive, apparently. And I live in a closet or a box <laughs> or under a rock. But I had no idea what hot boxing was. Um, and apparently, so there's two meanings to hot Because I think I know one. Yeah. Because I was at college. <laughs> exactly. Um, but... okay, I missed that in college somehow. Oh, okay. I was such an author nerd. So, um, which doesn't mean anything because, uh, never mind. Yeah. Anyway, but... Um, yeah, so hot boxing apparently has something to do with the marijuana uh-huh. and sitting in a well, car. Well, necessarily. Well, well yeah, I mean, that's one of the smoking really something in your hot boxing. Yeah. Um, so there's that. And then the other term, which, of course, it took a gay man to tell me this. Again, thank you, gay men, for keeping me educated <laughs> in the world of all things. Keeping you woke on And they're like, oh, honey, the hot box. Like, your vagina? I'm like, no! <laughs> so I was like mortified because the name had already been out there and I never associated it with either of those things. No, because mine's frigid. Not even with when when you heard like saw guys and dolls. I mean that's the whole thing about I was about a, Adelaide is and and those adorable women are it, it is this total innocence but really suggestive names it's on the same Well, time. it's like when you watch Disney it. films as an adult and you suddenly understand, understand all the jokes. <laughs> yeah, you never see? got them as a kid. Yeah. And I am a chief. Yeah. Hi, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Evian spelled backwards is nice. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> I drink a lot of the cool. 
So the hot box show, so that's where the name comes from. Mm-hmm. And Rebecca, you started it in New York City. Correct. Is that right? Okay. I did. And I started it just kind of as a fun thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing, um, I went to college and I have two degrees and my BFA is in musical theater. Okay. And when I was in college and I fought this the whole time, they made me train in opera. Made. Made me. <laughs> oh, my God, you have to sing opera. No, but my mother was trained in opera. Okay. And I grew up in a classical musical house. And so I, I was, like, fighting opera my whole life. I'm like, no, I'm not doing classical music. Yeah. I'm going to do musical theater. Yeah. This is why I'm not successful. I'm fighting my parents. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> and so when I moved to New York and I was going to pursue my musical theater career, I kept falling into opera. I know, and I never really thought any of that opera training would come in handy. Oh, my God, did it. And so I was working at DeCapo Opera Theater, okay. and I had my first, like, big leading role shot, and the the uh, general director, Michael Capasso, who's now the general director of New York City Opera, mm. gave me my chance to sing um, Madame Hertz in okay. The uh, Schauspiel Director, mm-hmm. or in English, The Impresario. Okay. And she's also known as Madame Golden Trill in the mm. English version. Okay. But they rewrote it, and they weren't going to do it because I was not this. She's supposed to be the diva, the older diva that's part of this. Mm. And so they rewrote it, though. And instead of being this aging diva of the opera house who's fighting to keep her uh, her role in the, the, the theater, they rewrote it where it's actually um, she be, Madame Golden Trill becomes Fifi Lafleur. <laughs> And instead of being an <laughs> opera diva, Fifi Lafleur is this burlesque diva. Oh. And so I literally had to learn burlesque for this opera. Oh, neat. And seeing Das Schlecht die Abschiedstunde in a nude see-through body stocking with pink feather pasties. Oh, my God. And, like, this beaded, barely there thing around my... my my hot box. box. <laughs> hot box. <laughs> Thank you, ladies. Um, with these huge red feather fans doing this feather fan burlesque dance. Mm-hmm. And um, and as I was training, I'm like, oh, my God, this should be a thing. And so the from that point on, in my mind, I was like, oh, my God, we should be doing combining opera and burlesque. There should be, like, a whole show like this because this is so much fun. And who doesn't want to sing an opera singer doing this stuff? And, by the way, that was the – you don't – can't fathom how in shape you get when your first like big debut is going to be like basically naked on stage. <laughs> yeah, I would stop eating. Oh my god! Motivation. Talk about motivation. I trained so much. There was a lot of running, a lot yeah. of shredding. Oh my god, I was in great shape. I had no chocolate, no alcohol. Um, but I, it was all it was. It was. I I recovered since. Yeah. Um. But then, mm-hmm. while the opera burlesque was building, Hotbox Girls, it was actually originally the opera burlesque, Hotbox Girls, I was like, you know what, would be really fun if I got a bunch of girls together, and we did musical theater and burlesque, and we fun. did, like, and we would do it really like Adelaide's Girls with the cute numbers, the cute costumes, and I worked with the costume designer, Angela Huff, okay. um, in New York City, who was our costume designer of the opera house. Oh, okay. And I told her my idea, and we started, and I started, like, scraping together all my money to start building these costumes that would work, um, that they were built where they could come off Mm -hmm. in layers for burlesque. Mm -hmm. And we started building these shows, and it started out small and really great little, this is the great thing about New York City, is all all these little little great cabarets and 
stuff. And it really just started catching on to the point where we had like managers coming to us and like wanting to get a, a tour. Um, yeah. And it just kept growing and growing and the core changed and evolved. And we had wonderful girls that were just so dedicated to the work. I mean, we were all making almost nothing to yeah. anything. We, you know, when we made money, we try to dull it out, but a lot of times it would cover, barely cover our expenses mm -hmm. in the hopes that someday it would take off. But it was just, you know, an expression of art. And we discovered like 75% of the audience that would come to see our shows were women. Mm -hmm. Which is something I want to talk about afterwards. Yeah. Um, concerning women in burlesque. And our type of burlesque is so different from the other types of burlesque in New York City. And I think also here in Vienna mm -hmm. is that... And again, we're coming from old school vaudeville, mm -hmm. uh, old Hollywood, old, you know, Ziegfeld folly idea. So it's really more of a folie. Mm -hmm. uh, it's very classic it's as very, burlesque goes. It's not, it's not a dark, you know, kind of grimy burlesque. It's really a throwback to the sort of 1920s, 30s glamour. Vintage, golden age. Yeah, very vintage. Yeah, we started calling it showgirl burlesque because it's very specific and particular. And it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to see a lot of flesh or... There's not a lot of like, there you know. There's just like, and there's a place for all these burlesque. Mm -hmm. There are. It's a very great art form of uh, body expression and body positivity and owning your sexual mm -hmm. power, and, yeah. and it's great. And I don't, I don't think there's any type of wrong burlesque or right. I think everybody has their own way of expressing themselves. Mm -hmm. And for me, it just comes out of this Hollywood, old Hollywood dream of. I just love the glamour and the vintage and yeah. the and women the curvy pinup, you know, and women of all shapes and sizes. I mean, the women in our troupe are it's a twenty over a twenty year span of ages yeah. and body types. That's yeah. one thing that I it's been nice to kind of watch because I came in obviously a bit later into, into the, the the story, but um, what kind of developed out of the in the New York troupe that we saw was like a jazz ensemble and an opera burlesque. Mm -hmm. So there's kind of these two set formats and um you know we're working to expand in other directions as well but those two are are, are are very interesting and unique and one thing that happened i think kind of by accident both in new york and then here in, in vienna um is that it's been a place for really talented singers and actors and dancers who maybe don't get cast in other things because they don't fit norms yes yeah. i mean there's a lot of girls um, women uh, who who have unusual body types. There's you know not only this the age span, but there are people who are just a little bit shorter or yeah. a little bit different looking who have a harder time because they don't fit a they're not cutter. cutter. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's an opera house here that seems to be casting a lot of sopranos that look the same. I'm not gonna I'm not, <laughs> not gonna, gonna talk. say which one no. that is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think um, yeah, there definitely is a and I think in the dance world, it's really tough. I worked for years at the Performing Center, mm -hmm. um, which is the uh, one of the top schools for uh, for, for musical uh, for, for for people who want to go into musical, musical theater trainer. And um, and we pulled a lot of the girls for the jazz show in particular from there. And yeah. there are people who are incredibly talented who got into a school that educates a maximum of ten people wow. a year. And they have a harder time getting cast afterwards for one reason or another. Yeah. And so a lot of them kind of feel very much at, at home than in the, at, at Hotbox. And that's something that I think has been an, a nice and surprising 
um, benefit of, of the whole project. Yeah, and I think that's the thing about burlesque, as I see it as a woman, is that it is a very body positive uh, culture. There's this Super idea, mm-hmm. idea of just being, you can look whatever way you look yeah. as long as you're just enjoying what you're doing. And, um, and, and there are people who, you know, who you'll see at a burlesque show and you're like, oh my God, that's a crazy looking body. I wonder what that's going to look like naked. And then you see it and you're like, that's what it looks like naked. That's amazing. <laughs> I think that's pretty yeah, much like 95% yeah. of men who watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> like, oh, there she is. Oh, yeah, there it is. Exactly. Naked. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're her tits. Yeah. 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 God, I hope they're not brother and sister. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. They'll be dead soon. <laughs> I don't even watch the show, but I see all these like memes and I'm like, oh, I know the show already. Um, speaking about um, women empowerment, this is kind of a negative side because uh, I heard of this through Shanda is that there there was a bit of a complaint from a, an organization, feminist, <laughs> <laughs> a little complaint about burlesque bringing us backwards. Yes. So what are your comments on that? Actually, just to, to, to make sure that people understand, there was an organization who specifically said that the idea of burlesque hotbox girls are bringing it back to the... Setting it back a hundred years. A hundred years. They so. were basically conflating burlesque with stripping. Okay. You know? um, and for men's pleasure. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but you know it's so sad because it's the woman who asked us to do this event um, gets it and gets our form of, of burlesque because I not only have the hot box girls, but I also teach burlesque. Mm-hmm. And in my burlesque class are women of all walks of life mm-hmm. and all ages, like anywhere from 18 to 60. I thought you were going to say eight. I was like, what? <laughs> well, my kids were less for I mean, we can't, yeah, yeah, we can't keep our clothes on. Yeah, exactly. Like, Put your shirt back on. <laughs> okay, go. Anyway, so, um, but from 18, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes girls do come with their moms. Okay. We've had a couple of mom-daughter uh, couples coming in to, to do this as fun. Um, and everything from like doctors, lawyers, nurses, housewives, bankers, teachers, teachers. um, because what we're teaching is not, it's, it's a, it's a course of body confidence and body positivity and being the sexy, confident you. Mm -hmm. It's not about. It's not about, oh, I'm going to seduce you and mm-hmm. take you home. To, I mean, it's and not. And then people are drawn to different types of burlesque, I think, through the course. Absolutely. People who are very drawn to, to funny burlesque or dark burlesque or very sexy And there's a place for it all. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's just, but see, for us, and so with the, going back to the, this feminist group, we were hired and the woman had seen our shows mm-hmm. and understood the positivity behind it. She was like, this is great. I love how you have all these women of different ages and uh, body types on that stage and really like owning it mm-hmm. and owning your sexuality and your positivity. Um, and then we get there and I bring... Was this in front of other people? Was Were they there? Oh, I didn't know that. I thought they just had heard of it. Okay. No. And so oh. we did a performance. <laughs> oh, God. At this... this uh, oh. feminist center and oh, no. uh, and I performed and it was the singing burlesque and then I had my two new girls do burlesque yeah and like once like once in her mid mid to late 20s and the other one was in her early 20s and then me who's yeah. not in her 20s <laughs> at all just say you are it, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a podcast nobody can see it's a, I mean you wouldn't know it but I'm gonna look like okay <laughs> obviously I've never looked 20s 
so even at 14, I look 30-something, so it's fine. I just have to accept I will always look like an adult, like a woman. And um, so we do these performances, and we, we make fun of, we take the stereotypes, and part of burlesque with us is shedding the stereotype, mm -hmm. thus stripping, shedding your skin. Yeah. And so being the French maid, Basically, in shedding that stereotype, you may think I'm sweet and submissive, but let me show you another mm -hmm. side. You know, and I don't do windows. And I don't do windows. <laughs> don't do windows. This feather duster is not for you. <laughs> but um, you know, and so, and they were just appalled that we had, you know, the stereotypes. I'm like, yep. Yeah, the thing is, is we're shedding the stereotypes. Yeah. And you know, and, just didn't get it. yeah. Well, the problem is, is that the thirty-something-year-olds, the younger feminists, were the ones that were appalled and felt that we were setting it back by a hundred years. Which the sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. The women who were in their fifties and sixties feminists that were there loved it, which is so funny, and got it. But here's the thing: this is how commercial and how how much we're used to women's bodies being used for men's pleasure mm -hmm. and, for, and commercialized in that way because we're surrounded by all these billboards that sell everything from ice cream to cars with boobs. Yeah. And that's all like, well, boys will be boys. But as soon as a woman decides like for her own fun, um, to, you know, to take her clothes off and to own her sexuality and to perform in that way, the automatic assumption is that she's subjugating herself to a man. The, the patriarch is telling her that she needs to be. Exactly. Yeah. Which is a sad place to realize that you're, you're at as a society, I think. Right. Yeah. No, it was really a lot of things recently that have shown me where we are in society, oh, and I'm absolutely. terrified. Well, and they were mostly pissed off about the young women doing the burlesque. They're like, and you have these young girls taking off their clothes. I'm like, um, they're adult women yeah. who make their own choices. Well, that's the thing that I'm having an issue with right now is that people are yelling at women who are making up their own minds about stuff. Yes. And I'm like, well, that's exactly the same thing that men have been doing for so many years. So yeah. why are we limiting yeah. us to not be able to do that? You can be anything you want to be under my type of feminism. I mean, I can choose to do burlesque or I can choose to do this. Exactly. And it's very frustrating yeah. to me. And uh, I think... Seeing, because I'd never seen burlesque live. I'd seen it on TV. And mm -hmm. so going on Tuesday for Mosaic was fantastic. It was so wonderful. The energy was great. Mm -hmm. She um, was one of the performers, though, the burlesque performer that you saw. Oh. Um, Anastasia, the one here. Uh, the yeah, Desiree DeVille. She uh, was one of the ones that was performing at this feminist thing with us. And they're like, that little girl, I'm like, she is an adult woman. And her soul is older than yours. I'm yeah. like, she's, yeah. she's been going on like... <laughs> 45 yeah. the age of 12. <laughs> she's she's too. No, and she's got great comedic timing. Like, yeah. And it was so funny because I was sitting kind of in the back row. We didn't get there early enough. And everybody was trying to shift to see better. And especially yeah. the men were kind of standing up. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, yeah, I see. But it was fantastic. Um, speaking of names, because you guys all have names. That's <laughs> all your ego. So, Rebecca, what's yours? Jessica, do right. She won't do you wrong. Oh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Jenny. Chanel von Kleiborn. Oh, it's a little yeah. Austrian. A little, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, basically, all burlesque name. I mean, it's it's really liberating to perform under a pseudonym. So I think yeah. that that's just a fun thing to to have. But it's tradition in the burlesque community, and generally the names have something that is um, slightly like wink of the eye, a little bit innuendo filled, yeah. and something that has to do with you. you know? Okay, so, so mine's Titty Lamar. Perfect. Yes! <laughs> Love it. It's perfect. Titty Thank Lamar. You. Titty Lamar. Great. I'm going to call my mom. Our, yeah. <laughs> Our new kitty. Titty Lamar. Titty Lamar. Exactly. On it. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. Um, and also, there's, uh, you probably hear this all the time, and it probably drives you nuts, 
But the most famous kind of mainstream burlesque dancer is Dita Bonte. Oh, so, uh-huh. Do you think she's been a positive thing for burlesque? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, good to hear. There's a huge revival of burlesque because burlesque really floundered And for a she's while. pure elegance. Yeah. yeah. Like he, everything she does, just her 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 whole persona, her look, her costumes, the way she carries herself as a lady, mm-hmm. it's very elegant. It. It's a beautiful, I think it's a beautiful representation. And it's been around for, for now, like, probably 20 years. Yeah. With her. In the 90s was when the big revival, the big revival started. Came because yeah. burlesque really died as an art form between the 50s and the, in the yeah, late Yeah, because 90s. you had burlesque and then you had strip tours. Yeah. 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 And yeah. then yeah. and then when burlesque started again, people were like, oh, oh, and but she brought it back in such a classy yeah. way. Well, and it was it was a show. It, it was show it, she did like, all these yeah. things, and yeah. you know I think the champagne glass was like yeah. the thing that everyone exactly. talks about. Yeah. And, beautiful, and it's very inventive. Yeah, and that's you know, and she does the champagne glass and the martini glass. Yeah, and so oh. when she has the martini glass, she has this floating sponge olive where she can pick it up and, and squeeze the water over her <laughs> it's beautiful get one for the bathtub okay right. i'll get sip of my eye it's it's very like, elegant it's like all oh, the bubbles <laughs> but it's funny because burlesque is the mother of invention in, in a it lot is. of ways it surprised me getting involved um with with hot boxes you watch these girls create their these women we need to start saying women <laughs> Shanda. um that's all right i call them my girls but that's because they call me mama, mama burlesque. Okay, well there yeah, you go exactly. mama burlesque so i always so call them my girls definitely not doing it in any sort of diminuant no it's just really used to calling my girls yeah, yeah. but um but you watch them develop these personas and then these scenes that go with these personas and then these costumes to support yeah, all of it. Yeah. So people do end up making their own pasties. You know, um, when we were getting ready for ORF, oh my god, sewing on costumes and like, sequins. Yeah, like, nude crystal, and, like nude crystal bodysuits. Everybody was taking their costume home because we just ran out of time um, to sew all these costumes. And so one of our girls made the bodysuits. Yeah, wow. Um, Christina Zano, who is a fantastic aerialist and dancer. Yeah. And she also has designs lingerie. Yeah, she has her own lingerie line oh, now. Gorgeous. And so she she sewed these nude bodysuits for us so it fit everyone's bodies. Wow. And then then we bought we got these diamond appliques and started like creating and how they are important places. right. And so we just ran out of time to sew, so everybody started like taking it home once we pinned them where they needed to be. And like using big pillows to stuff the thing so it was stretched out enough <laughs> yeah. so that when you put it on, it wasn't like you couldn't pull it up. Yeah. And there, everybody was like sewing on their costumes, and it was really great. And then the first round of ORF, we had these red, red, and I just really wanted the girls to feel glamorous and fabulous, but also covered enough on television where it's still burlesque, but they don't feel exposed because they're not burlesque performers. They yeah. are musical theater performers and opera singers who are coming into this and learning mm-hmm. and they have to get comfortable with, they have to only go as far as they're comfortable. Yeah. Basically my, my rule is you don't ever have to show anything on stage that you're not comfortable. Yeah. And there are burlesque um, numbers and some of the shows where the entire burlesque is like walking across the stage and taking a pedal apart or like undoing a bustle. Okay. Like that can be or you a lost burlesque. a glove and that's yeah. it. Yeah. Your glove is off and that was it. But it's the way that you took off that glove. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the art of the striptease, and it's just the glove. But they feel like they just saw porn. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like, oh my god, that glove was so hot. Really <laughs> but it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. woman made porn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but it's just the whole idea. And so the red uh, 
raw panties that we made, we wanted to give them a bit, still a vintage look. Mm-hmm. And it, and I made those myself and had a little help with, <laughs> wow. um, and it, I forget how many sets, but because how many girls did we have? We had a, a lot, lot of girls. girls. Yeah, a lot. But in the end, each set, each bra and panty set took me eight hours <gasps> yes. to sew. Oh my gosh. So. But I would, with time, everybody has to learn to sew. I mean, it's like the joke about pot smoking leading to careers in carpentry because you figure I have to make everything into a bomb. <laughs> I swear to God, turn yeah. people into like, like fashion, designer. Yeah. fashion designer. And all the crystals. And learning what glue will actually stay hold, stick yeah. to your costume. Like, because we, we failed with some glue from earlier times. Like, I have a costume that I really love. And every time I put it on, because the silicone glue that I used, like, was, was one good one and one bad one. And so I'll put on this crystal bodysuit, and, like, every time it rains crystals. <laughs> and it's crystals heartbreaking. It's like, oh, yeah. there goes Mama's crystals again. <laughs> like, damn it. So, yeah, it's just. There's a lot of, a lot of. There are a lot of clothes that go into being naked on stage. Yes. Yeah. And you know what's so funny? Layers and layers and layers. The one thing we <laughs> always forget about, and one of the hardest things to remember, where it's so easy to find the bra and the corset and sometimes the overthink, but we are always scrambling for the proper bottoms. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the bottom. It's always the quest of the bottom. And, yeah. I, and I wonder if any of the burlesquers out there, do you find this as a problem? Like, the, the bottom piece, have you always found that to be the challenge? From the bottom In terms of finding one that matches? or Yeah, to work of... with the costume and what you want to look and what you want to show. And then once you find your bottoms, you have your bottoms. <laughs> but, but, like, it's so funny. We'll design costumes and then we'll realize we have everything, but we're like, oh, I don't have any panties. Yeah, <laughs> you're exactly. like a DNA. You're like, all right, well, these will. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I'm going to be gluing crystals on this tonight. <laughs> but, yeah, so... Covered in glue constantly. And, yeah, but what's great is it really has created with this group, it's created a family Mm -hmm. and great camaraderie and going through these together and having crystal gluing parties and so many parties. Yeah, yeah, champagne and glue. Mm -hmm. And um, just even the rehearsal process and dancing and learning and seeing girls, uh, you know, shed their, their skin and their clothes um, for the first time yeah. and, and yeah and, and being like it's okay yeah. and I'm okay you know and helping them get over like oh my god we have some beautiful girls and it's so crazy I mean these beautiful girls with body issues you're like what is your <laughs> issue yeah. it's like you are gorgeous yeah. you have issues yeah. really everybody has issues and I always tell them I'm like babies I'm like if mama can get out there and paste these in the thong yeah. the rest of you can because I'm a little bit <laughs> Older. <laughs> You're, beautiful. You're beautiful. But what is it really fun to see is almost everyone who comes in initially is like, well, I don't know if I'm right. going to go full. And then 201, almost every every single one of those people ends up being somebody who always wants to <laughs> <laughs> We started in New York. Yep. We, yeah. When we started in New York, one of my girls who ended up with our opera burlesque and our pop box girls came in and auditioned for an opera I was producing. I was mm-hmm. doing uh, Turn of the Screw okay. by ben- Benjamin Britten. And uh, she was actually cast, because we actually had a fabulous uh, voice soprano who played the part of Biles. But just in case, I cast uh, a young female to be his cover. Okay. In, uh, in case that, you never know. the Miles, because you never know. And so she was actually there to cover the Miles role mm-hmm. of, of Turn of the Screw. And then she had heard us talking about this opera burlesque that we were building. She goes, I want to find out more about that. What is this? And so she came, and then she started 
doing hot box girls with us and doing the dancing, singing, dancing, musical theater, stuff like that. And with the burlesque end of it, she's like, well, I don't know if I'll ever, you know, go down to pasties yeah. or feel comfortable to show my body. But I mean, I mean, she's a little thing. It's not like she's like, I, again, another one with a great body. And you're like, you have issues. <laughs> I don't know if she had issues, but issues. I don't, I don't think it was an issue. I just think it was a comfort. It, she had comfort of what she wanted to mm-hmm. show. I'm like, honey, in our group, you don't have to show anything you don't want to. And by the time we got, I think that was like the end of spring. And during the summer, we were working on opera burlesque. And by the time we got to Hot Box Girls Halloween show in New York in October, she had gone, already started going down to pasties. Oh, wow. But with an underbus corset. Mm-hmm. And after she did her first burlesque down to pasties, she was addicted. She goes, oh, my God. I want to do more. <laughs> and she got to the point where she was the one that would go down to like what we call pasties in a Merkin. Mm-hmm. And a Merkin just covers, you know, your hot box. <laughs> um, and, and she got, it looks like the map. Of, uh, uh, <laughs> um, and she got, she, and she got, she was the one that got completely all the way there, wow. like down to yeah. the nitty gritty. And she was like, can I just perform naked all the time? Oh, can yeah, I yeah, just yeah. put that in my contract? I'm like, my God, you changed so much. <laughs> But she found it so liberating. I think it must be incredibly liberating. I mean, that to me is probably one of my number one fears, mm-hmm. and um, which means it has to go on my bucket list. Absolutely. So, <laughs> like, I'm ready. I have and... to say, I think I actually like I I know how to dress myself, and and I think I know how to dress myself and look good in certain costumes. But I also I like the way I look naked, mm-hmm. and that's great for women to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I actually feel fine. Like I mean, I may have to do a Merkin pasty thing sometime because I actually don't even want to be wearing all the things that goes with burlesque. I think I don't want a panty cover. I think I like the way I look. I like the way my body looks absolutely naked. It's amazing. I, I have like a my... Jewish funeral in my home, mirrors covered with drapes. Like. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> And I've always, but that's always been the way I've always looked at myself. I never seen like I gain weight, I lose weight and it, it, you know, it's a type of dysmorphia. I don't see the change in my body when I'm thin or fat. That's fantastic. I mean, this is what every woman should have. And I always think I look great. (laughs) (laughs) Oh wow. Yeah. They look good today. Oh, look at those curves. And I just don't see it. And so, you know, I might see it on camera. I'm like, wow. Positive about that, I think that's winning the battle. And I think you can practice stuff like this. Yeah. I, I do wonder, like, I, I think some of these feelings that only, like every woman except for Rebecca, apparently. Um, <laughs> about, I have like, bad days. Yeah. Like, every woman I've ever met has neuroses about some yeah. part of their body that they want to change that they don't like. But we learn them at some point. Like of kids course. don't have this. No. So we all learn to be ashamed of our bodies at some point. So I think you can unlearn it too. And what a, what better way to do that than to practice? Yeah. And and receive positive feedback and and you know I think well uh, and nowadays it's gotten worse because social media man they just won't let you like oh, if you're yeah. a celebrity my God I wouldn't 
Yeah, yeah. they want to be famous. Because but like, they talk about the cellulite. They talk about the like everything that you grew up seeing that was wrong with bodies. They put on the cover of magazines now on Instagram, mm-hmm. and it's awful. Yeah, it's horrible to see that, and then you're like, oh, I, oh I'm supposed to be, yeah. yeah, I'm supposed to be shamed of that. It's like, yeah. why? Yeah, and it's definitely disproportionately directed at women. Yeah, it is <laughs> absolutely. Oh yeah, I mean, like, like yes. a guy, I just had to sit and watch Justice League, and if I have to see Ben Affleck's fat fucking face, Batman. <laughs> I don't ever want to see anyone shaming any woman ever. No, no. Yeah, punchable. He has such a punchable face. And, right? and yeah. the whole, the whole like dad bod thing. The dad bod. That, yeah. Like really? That's not a thing. It's just you're you're just fat. And, and they're cheering it on. Yeah. Like, but it's like a cool thing. But if you start saying mom bods, this would not be. No. You know, it's yummy, mummy, and like you gotta drop the weight as soon as you. You gotta pretend they're like yeah, exactly twenty years. You have to wrap yourself in saran wrap and wear corsets. To be fair, I have tried that. And into bridesmaids dresses because and of that. So what's <laughs> the word? Wow. You have to steam your, your hot box now. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you got to put a jade egg up there. You got to put a jade egg up your hoo-ha. Yeah, nope. <laughs> so I'm actually going to say we're going to slowly wrap it up. Um, <laughs> I wonder if she's cutting us off after a jade egg up the hoo-ha. Oh, no, that, no that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about Merkins. And, um, I just want to say that I'm so excited about the Hotbox Girls. You guys have a show May 5th, I believe. We're at Bone Sauvage. We're going to be, there'll be a few members of the Hotbox Girls and members of the Freestyle Orchestra. Okay. Which is this cool, like, orchestra of street players that do, like, acrobatics and fire and stuff oh, like magic. that. And yeah. So I'm going to try to go to that. I would really like to see it. Oh, so. awesome. Yes, it's a vintage 1920s party. Yes. And it's Bohem Sauvage Veen. I'm so excited. <laughs> and um, it's at the Palais Palfi. It's on a Bay lot Bay. of fun. It is a great party. I will be party. there to see your vintage. It's great. Yeah. yeah, I'm going <laughs> to no definitely be, be there. trying to go because I'm flying the week afterwards, but I will try to come to that. And I will time. be introducing to the burlesque world um, because I teach burlesque, I have some amateur ladies, oh. and I uh, was put in charge of the late night burlesque, mm-hmm. and I consider doing it myself because it's so much fun, but it's their 10th anniversary, and they've never had a duet burlesque oh. at Bohem Sauvage before, and so I have uh, two of my um, amateur ladies from my uh, advanced course coming in and making a very special burlesque for this oh, party. So I'm super excited. I think they're going to be nervous because they're going to be at the professional circuit now. Um, but I think they're just so entertaining and charming. And again, and again, great body, just different body types. Both mm-hmm. of them, they're, they're, I think they represent, um, both of them represent different body types to be that are sexy and to be embraced. Yeah. Um, and because neither one, they're not like, they're not like twins. They're completely different body types and looks and they're both so sexy and beautiful. And so I'm so excited to, to bring them in and introduce them to the burlesque world and to the Bone Sauvage party on May 5th. So that'll be great. And of course, like we're going to be there. Of course. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I'm acting my tickets soon. Doing some crazy shit. And you also do lessons and I'm going to be linking, um, when I do the pod, when I, What's it called? I can't even speak. Upload the podcast. I will be putting the link for Hotbox Girls. Anything else that you guys want me to add, please let me know. Just send it through. Sure. Um, but if anyone wants to read a little bit about the history of Red mm-hmm. um, there's an, an article I wrote for Musicology now that talks a little bit about it. I can post that as well. Okay. And um, 
I just think it's such a fantastic thing that you guys are doing. I'm so glad, Rebecca, you brought it to Vienna. And uh, I am definitely going to try to take a class and uh, never do it again. Uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's what they all say. Next time, <laughs> like, running up and down, like, Stefan's plots naked and pasty. <laughs> so I'm like, that's okay. Oh, God. The world needs pasties and sparkles. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's like my new hobby. So I hope you guys have a fantastic day. Thanks, Thanks for doing so this. Hard. And, uh, yeah, maybe we can do it again in a few months, talk more about burlesque, because I feel like there's so much still to cover. Yes, and maybe we'll have a class and you'll have a perspective then exactly. from the inside. That would be fun. Yeah, do the investigation for <laughs> undercover burlesque. <laughs> you know what? I could do it. I could do like a live um, podcast oh, during yeah. one of the classes. Unfortunately, <laughs> undercover. They wish, this is when they wish it was a video podcast. <laughs> well, I might take pictures. Okay. <laughs> These are my shoes. Wait, the uncovered undercover. <gasps> there you go. There's a show. <laughs> I'll do that. I'll just be like, pretend you don't know me. (laughs) So, uh, once again, thank you. And as I always say at the end of my podcast, I always say, toodles.